With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like Wonder Woman. Talk Shoe. Recorded live. All right. Talk Shoe. Welcome, Talk Shoe audience. And uh, welcome to the 1,155th showing of uh, Talk Shoe. I'm playing, I don't know, for that many, but um, (laughs) it feels that way. Anyway... um, Julian, if you're listening, we're ready to go to uh, Ustream so we can stream live on on uh, video somewhere. But anyway, um, I like how everybody says, Pastor, once we're in our new building, I'm going to be with you and we're going to do all these things. Well, that's true, but you're not going to know what to do because you missed these other meetings. God is doing some great and amazing things in our midst. And, and can I tell you something? You know, my studies have been taking me through some things lately, and I've been looking at um, the truth of the scriptures, the truth of the scriptures. And a lot of truth that we live isn't really truth. They're just rules and regulations. Nothing wrong with discipline. I don't want to say discipline. You know, if you have a job, you have a discipline. You get up, you go to work. You get up at a certain hour, and you know you're there. And when you're there, if they give you a uniform, you're even wearing, the discipline is to wear the uniform. I don't care how goofy the uniform looks when you work with someone, you're wearing these uniforms, right? Right. And so there's disciplines that everybody's got. But uh, uh, children, uh, you got children, Manny? <clears throat> children, you're all dismissed. Manny, I gave. Um, Depending on where you're going to meet, I gave Mary very strict instructions about. But there's also just that place out there. Take some chairs if you need them. But way upstairs is chairs. But amen. Anyway, and so everyone's got disciplines, and disciplines are good. Disciplines are, you know, there's there's people. I tell you something. We in the kingdom of God were birthed into warfare um, to bring a kingdom a culture in this kingdom, God's kingdom, culture, into this world. And many of us think that we're born again for us. No, you're born again for someone else. Amen. You're not born again so that you can be born again and say, this is for me. We're born again for other people. All of the, um, everything that, 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 If God said, I am the Lord that heals you, we don't have to go looking for healing. It's already there. So you don't have to be a healing seeker. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And God is love. Here in his love, he tells you, he explains. That he died for you once. Why? Because it's already an established fact that he loves you. Are you with me so far? The Bible says that all the promises of God are yes. And amen. Guess what the amen is? You, when you work it out, when you do what he says. Concerning, no, I got to get that part out. When you do what he says, everyone thinks, okay, yeah, back to Christianity, brother. Thank God you got us back under the rules. No, it's not under the rules and regulations. You know what's so scary about Christianity, the way it's supposed to be? 
is that you are outside the box. It becomes, once he's in you, he doesn't move out. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that's written in the Bible. Is that what he said? 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 Good. I want you to understand that. Because you hear other believers who say, it's got to be everything that's written in the Bible. No. It's every word that proceeds from his mouth. Yes, but Pastor David, what's in the Bible proceeded from his mouth? Yes. But what does God speak to you concerning the Bible? So many of us want so badly. Can I tell you something? Let me share with you. You know why I hate is protectionism. You know why I hate perfectionism? It's because it means that you're insecure. Because it means you've got to put your best foot forward or else nobody looks at you the right way. It's selfish. Yeah, but I want to please God with that. No. What pleases God? That esoteric word, faith, that means so many things to so many people. It means acting on the word that God speaks. Now, you might open the Bible and he speaks to you out of what's in the word. Do we study? Pastor David is not saying don't study the Bible. You've got to get that Bible inside of you. You've got to press down, shake it together until it runs over. You've got to get that word in you. You've got to know what God's will is. Because when you get that word in you, then God's will for you is revealed. Let me say that again. When you read the Bible and get it in you, then it is God's will revealed to you. Why? Because it is revealed as it comes up from you in overflow. It comes up as you begin to read. How many have ever read something and you expect, my God, I've never seen this. This is just so, and it just lights up. How many of you ever read the Bible and something just lights up like that? That's God's word being yeah. revealed to you. Because men, you know what? Study habits are good. Because you want to study the word. They're good. I'm not coming against study habits. We've got to read the word. We have to study the word. That's what Christians do. You read your Bible, you pray, and you tell someone about Jesus. It's that simple. Because everything else in life is overflow. Say overflow. overflow. I'm not giving you rules and regulations. Can I tell you something? If you knew, growing up, if you knew you could get away with everything you wanted to do, how many here would still do a bunch of stuff? How many here as teenagers, and I'm talking about old school people, some of you new kids in here, you go out there, and especially if you have strict parents like I did. Our parents were just strict. You know what? Some of the kids one time. You know, whether right or wrong, we were brought up in that age group, and my dad got a hold of us, and he took a, he couldn't find something because it was four boys. And when you talk about four boys, we were, not, we were not compliant boys. We weren't. Whenever we go visit something and something blew up somewhere, it was Christina's boys, my mom's kid. And we, sometimes we didn't do it. You know, we weren't in the area. But, you know, for real. And what happened, no, but one time Montebello was blacked out, and we were responsible. Yeah. <laughs> We were at a construction site, and we were doing things we shouldn't have, and the whole half the city backed up. And so what happened, we didn't know that that would happen. But anyway, my dad looked around for something to hit us with, and he found a vacuum cleaner, picked it up, put the cord out, took it off the wall, and you hear that thing, and we were just getting whipped. When our parents said be home at X amount of time, we had to be there at that time. Why? We did not want to get busted because getting in trouble was worse. Can I tell you something? You can chop off an arm just about. And you didn't go to the hospital. 
But you know what? You put that arm back and bandage it up because you won't get in trouble when you got home. You got blood all over your clothes. My arm's cut off. You got blood all over your clothes. It didn't matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was illogical, but we were more afraid of getting in trouble than anything else. That's what the law did. You could not live honestly with your parents. Why, why didn't you just come to me? Oh, well, you know, we got pulled over with a car full of drugs, but, you know, we, didn't, we ran and we, we, we got into the... Under, we went into a sewer system on the freeway and that's how we got dirty. Okay? So how many know that with my parents, that explanation would, would get you into hotter water than just say we were playing hide-and-seek in the sewers? Do you, do you, are you following me? Yes. Now... I'm going to go back to this. God preferred relationship rather than perfection. So that we can approach God honestly 24-7. Are you with me? Am I describing this kind of accurately? I'm describing my life. You know what? We raced home. It was almost 2 o'clock. I broke every law known to man, to get home by 2 a.m. to be home before my mom's was. Wow. So I broke the laws of man and God so that the laws of my parents would be, would be met. As long as that was satisfied, all was well in the Rosales kingdom. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. But if my parents were full of grace, because grace leads to repentance, I could say, well, yeah, you know that bong, that water pipe you found in my closet? Yeah. Guilty. Mom, you know. I know one day, everything, my heart fell to my feet because I walked in. And, and see, this was during the time when bamboo water pipe was just sitting there with a half an ounce of hashish in, in, the, in, in, the, in the bowl. And I was storing it for a friend, but my friend was also generous. And I never, and guess what? Thank God, maybe God had a plan. I never got to experiment with that because it was on our dining room table when I walked in the door. It met me before my mom did. But at that point, all the color had left my face. I started to tremble. And my mom did not just stop at me. She wanted to know whose was it, who were the parents, the school. I mean, she wanted to go everywhere. <laughs> Why couldn't you be honest with me? Because the law and the taskmaster prevented me. And that's why there were sacrifices that would cover those things because we could never be honest with God because of the law. But now he says, after the blood washed us completely... Every day, say every day, we come into the throne room to receive what? Grace. You never have enough grace. Every day, I don't care how good you've been, I don't care how shiny your halo is, I don't care if you say you've never sinned again after that, you've got to come into the throne and the first thing you're washed with is what? Grace. And guess what the second thing you receive is? Mercy. Mercy, <laughs> Mercy Lord. Why? Because it is, when he comes and he greets you, Clive, you're not with the kiddos today? Come on over here, since you're here with me. 
When you come to the throne room of grace, and you have just have to sit down. Right here. You come to God. And he comes and he sits down with God. Everything that I am is grace and mercy to him. He doesn't have to even ask. It just comes, what's up, son? Well, I did this. I don't remember. What else are we going to do? What are we going to do today? See, it has nothing to do with what he's done, where he's been, whether he's dirty, because as he entered in, the blood has already washed him, and he's free to receive grace and mercy, not even at, the, at, at asking. It's just there for everything. God, I know you gave me this impossible task to do. The Father's saying, I'll, I'll back you up. How many angels do you need? What do you need of this thing? Why well, need $8,000? You're going to get it. Just stand and believe. And God, you know what? Because he comes to me in faith. Grace and mercy are part of this package right here. See what you see right here? Grace and mercy come with this package just because he came to me into the throne room. I received him as the Father receives the Son. Do you understand? I want you to see this picture always that grace and mercy come with the package and I didn't ask where he was. I didn't ask how he got dirty. Because the minute he approached me, every stain was gone. Amen. Are, you, are, you, are you with me? All right. Thank you. Give him a hand. Now, I want you to see that because grace and mercy isn't something you get when you've been bad. It's what you get all the time when you come to the throne room. Are you with me here? You need to see this because... What we've got going, I want you, I had to preface this because everything that God tells you to do is based on grace and mercy. See, that's how free you are. And no one's watching to see what you've done. No one's watching to see what you're doing. Can I tell you something? Growth is growth. Got to see that. I, I want you to see that. So let's look at something before I go to this next part in the New Testament. Because... Some of us are tribulating, and, the, and Jesus, don't be afraid, because Jesus said in this world, you would have what? Tribulation, right? How many understand that? In this world, you're going to tribulate. You know what tribulation is? Troubles. Hassles. But the Bible says he's given us faith to see us through these things. Say, say, you know what? Say amen. If, you're not, if you don't use your faith to get out of your troubles, then can, you know part of why we don't use our faith is because we think God's not pleased with us. How do you please God? I can't hear you. How do you please God? Faith. The Bible says whatever's not a faith is sin. Notice you didn't say what you did. See, well, by the time we get into the sophisticated part of Romans, come on now. By the time we get into the sophisticated part of Romans, we're, we're dealing with, I'm evil, I'm good. I'm evil, I'm good. I'm evil, I'm good. How many know that a lot of times we deal with it? How many ever get up feeling evil? Don't look at me like that. Come on. Never. What that? Don't give all that to Anna. Not a mess. But anyway, uh, are you with me? Okay. Well, little D and I heard this one talking about people turning into super villains. But anyway, remember D? <laughs> We're not going to go there. Yes. Pretty much, 
No, because see, I'm going to explain. Let's explain this. You're, you got right. You know what? Strike. You just bold the strike right now. Watch. Egypt. What does that represent? The world and sin, right? God rescued his people from that nation, and there was this big gulf right here in the sea, right? He got them into this area here going toward the promised land, right? Now, he got them to cross, and they landed here. Then then God said, watch, I'm not going to take them down this road. You can find that in, 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 in uh, Exodus 12, 13, 14. You begin to understand all these things. But he said, I'm not going to take them this way because there's Palestinians here. And these guys aren't ready for war yet. So they'll go, whoa, I want to go back to Egypt. So he said, instead, we're going to go right into this area here, and, and we call this the wilderness. Now, the lexicon for the, for the, the, the Hebrew, the, 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 the wilderness is a place, watch this. I'll get it right. Because I, I have different words for it too, but I want to get it right. The wilderness is a type of land. It's a place uncultivated. Say uncultivated. Now, uncultivated means that if, how many of us, when we were kids, this is, I may make it sound like we leave it to beaver days because everybody is living in such sophisticated locations, but even when we lived in Norwalk, it still smelled like cows back in the day, and there were open fields. When we were kids, we didn't have video games. We had to create our own stuff. And so, you know, we would make our guns, slingshots. We'd just make everything. And we would take this field that was uncultivated. And we had to dig foxholes and trenches because we were still watching World War II movies back then. And yes, there was TV when I was growing up. Isn't that true, Pastor George? There was TV back in those days. And so, yeah, it was black and white. And I remember the first person in our neighborhood, they got a color TV, we all, and they, they were putting Wizard of Oz in color. Everybody, all the kids went to their house to watch that movie, uh, Wizard of Oz in color. And everybody's going, wow, you know, just watching on a small screen. Anyway, but we were just so used to it. Imagine now we got 70 inches or 90 or you know what, depending where you live. But anyway, what happens is we just imitated art. And so we went out and cultivated the land. And there was fields, straw, there were thickets, there were thorns, but we made our way. And I dug into places I wouldn't dig as an adult. You know what I mean? It's just, just, when you're kids, you don't care. You just lay in the ground. You're not, you, you haven't been educated. It's all the stuff that you find in the dirt that can harm you. And, and so what happens is we didn't have, we didn't have a hand sanitizer when we finished. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what I mean? It's like we didn't use palm olive with antimicrobial action. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's just. You know what? When we got home, sometimes there wasn't even anything. You just got a handful of Tide, and it burned your hands while you had it in the water. Anybody ever do that? It's like, anyway, because um, they had enzymes. But anyway, <laughs> but what happened was we were in there, and, and we, uh, that land was uncultivated. There was rocks and everything, and that's how the wilderness was when they got there. It was uncultivated. But the lexicon also shows something. Watch. The spiritual application to this is, Spiritually means immaturity. 
spiritually immature. In other words, how many ever met a believer who comes to Jesus and they're going to heaven just like you, but they're not the sophisticates that you are? No, really, watch. They're just born again and, 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 and the little ones, they're not born again and, and, and you know, they're, they're there and they're, they hit their hand with a hammer and they go, you know, a lot of believers go, but God didn't see it because it's under the blood. They're not as cultivated as you. Now, let's pass that up because everybody strains in a gnat and swallows camels. Because we're tripping because they curse. Well, you're looking at how someone lives yet. But what? let's just go... Because, see, we all grew up through Pentecost, holiness. But to get the sin out. How many remember that word? How many remember, you know what? Y'all didn't, how many here haven't been living right? How many here really this week has just been that place where you and God have not even talked hardly all week? If that's you, right here at the altar now. Guess what? Everybody come to the altar. And they come. And you know what? Can I tell you something? This is what God does at the things we do. Look at me closely. He's looking at the Holy Ghost. I'll show up. Boom. The anointing gets all over the place. God starts moving. They're falling out all over the place. God is just, his presence is so rich. Why? Because they're hungry for God. And the teaching is erroneous. Come as you are without. Here they come, man. Billy Graham. Boom. And it's like a few same people going to the altar call went last year. 6,000 coming to Jesus. 3,000 came last year, but 6,000 have come to Jesus. Do you understand why we get cynical about the stuff? Do you understand? I passed through this bridge of cynicism for a while, and I had to get cured of cynicism because I was seeing a lot of things behind the scenes in ministry. And I had to get to the Word to find out why. And I, I want to break you guys of all of this stuff that keeps you just looking for the sin because can I tell you something? Watch. If I've got an alcoholic with me, or as they say in the hood, alcoholic, watch. If I've if I got someone with me, and, and um, Clive, come up here with me again. Well, because, you know, you don't have to put a Bible down or anything, so it, you're easy to call. No, watch. Stop playing. Watch. Now, if he's an alcoholic, and every row here represents a bar, are you with me? Every row here represents a bar. Watch this. If he's got time to just meander by himself, he can stop at any bar he wants. But if I'm the Holy Ghost, stay with me. Grab my hand. Just stay with me. Just put your hand in there. Lace it. Okay. And I, he's with me, and I'm leading him. How many, how many bars does he pass by? Every row represents a bar, and I'm with him. And we're, we're fulfilling God's will, and we're meeting people and doing everything that we're supposed to do. How many bars does he get to stop in? None. That's how you keep yourself from sin. That's how you keep yourself from falling, is you walk with the Holy Ghost. There's no mystery in it. You stay with the will of God in your life. How many, know you, how many are with me? You do not, when you have time and you're just disobeying God, you have all kinds of time. Because what's true backsliding, backsliding is staying away from your purpose and your call. What's church about? Preparing the saints for the work of the ministry. People who don't come to church don't get prepared for the work of the ministry because TV is not 
preparing you for the work of the ministry. Because those television pastors are not your pastors. They can't be because they got a one-hour power-packed message that's been shaved down so that it is perfect. All of them, because it's made for TV. If I prepared a program for television, I don't want my mistakes on there because I'm paying for airtime. I want every part that's going out there to be the solid, packed word that would impact a life. Are you with me? That television preacher can't look at you. You say, well, what does that mean? Sometimes I look at you and I'm talking to you. Sometimes I look at you and I'm just looking at you. You know why I look at you? Because everyone says, if you're nervous, just look over their head. That's phony. Because if you and I are talking, I don't look over your head. Well, Hugo, you know, um, yesterday, I was, uh, you know, I've ever talked to people like that. They just, and, and you know what? They're not looking at me. Now, I look at all of you because I thought, you know what? When someone said I can't, I said I will. And so I look at you. I don't care if there's 600 people in here have done that. Pam got to witness me doing something that I would never do in front of her, but I had to do it for my company. Remember I told you that when you work for the man and you work under the law, you've got to do something? I stood on a chair and gave a cheer. 5,000 people, mostly men. It is the AutoZone chair. And when I jumped off of that chair, God said, you're going to leave this and you're going to do, you're going to do for this company what you're going to do for, for me and my kingdom what you're doing with this com- for this company. And I didn't get smart alecky with God because I knew what he was talking about. I would have said, oh, you mean give a cheer? No, I mean, I'm great. No, I was, already do- I was already doing that with the kids. Oh, you had to do cheers, man. I was like, you do. You do really good. Oh, yeah. And, and then the people who work at Walmart, when they're a little squiggle, you got to give the squiggle. But anyway, but Jesus, when you begin, see, can I tell you something? We'll do crazy things for our companies. Well, what can we do for the Lord? But he said, I want you to do this. So watch this. When you come from here to there, watch, watch. In here, what did God do for the people? He gave them manna. Now watch this. You know why he saved the wilderness? They didn't have to work the land. Can I... What? Every time you get ready for some growth, you go through wilderness. Because you're ready for, to cultivate something that's not right in you. Something that needs growth. Opportunity. Say opportunity. Because the wilderness was the land of opportunity. Opportunity for what? To get ready for what's coming. Watch this. Every time you say, I'm going through a dry period right now, get ready for some growth. Because the dry period includes pruning. Now watch this. Hold up your thumb. Everyone hold up a thumb. I'm going to keep going unless you hold up a thumb. Everyone hold up a thumb. Everyone say rule of thumb. Every time you go through a dry patch, it's God is cultivating you for something great. Did you know that when you first got born again, how many know when you first got born again, they call it a honeymoon period, where everything was just so good. You know why? Because manna was coming from heaven. You didn't have to cultivate anything. You just said, Jesus, water. There it is. God, I need groceries. Your porch is full of groceries. How many know when you first born again, it was like, God, it's just, you know what? It was good. I remember we were on fire. We got our car full of fishes. We're saying one-way sign to everybody, and everybody, you know, 
It's been a revival time meeting. Believers everywhere was just so good to be alive. Come on now. Then you got into the promised land. You actually had to work and cultivate your own land. But watch this. When you're here, you don't have to do all that. God does it for you. Because he wants to, what? What did he say that he's going into the wilderness to do what? To test them. To see what was in their heart. In their heart. So you get to see some of that in Deuteronomy, too. You get to find some of that in Numbers as well. But he wanted to see what was in their hearts. Guess what he found in their hearts? Egypt. They didn't care working for the man. They didn't just like working for God. Why? You're free. You're free when you're working for God. They liked the taskmaster, cracking the whip at their back and saying, get up at six. Well, guess what, man? You guys are got it too easy. No straw now. Keep making this stuff. The Tower of Babel, it wasn't like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It was basically a pyramid. What's wrong with the pyramid? What? In a pyramid... How much room is there here for everybody? Everyone say, not much, Pastor. But the way God does things is this way. Upside down pyramid. There's room for everybody at the top. Tower of Babel was to exalt man. Watch this. The Bible says, what did he say? I'll give you a name that's above every name. And I will give you a name that is exalted above every name that is named. Amen? Amen. That at that name, every knee shall bow. Now watch this. What name have you been given? The name that's above every name. Guess who put you above only and not beneath? God. Where is God? Watch this. I want you to see. The Bible says that he lifts you up. Remember that song we just sing? Everybody go, humble yourself in the sight. Remember that song? And they start to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Remember? And what is that part that everybody starts singing real loud? And he, what? And he'll lift you up. Who will lift you up? Who? God will lift you up. Now watch this. So where's God? He's right here. What does he want to do? Lift you up. Say, God wants to lift me up. Now, what a difference based on what you heard. If God wants to lift you up, get involved with God, and you'll be lifted up. If you're feeling down, get with God, and he'll lift you up. Watch what happens here. Look, he got in here, and all the, you know what? It's funny that they were singing, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. What? Isn't it true? The Lord, my God, my strength, right? And my song has now become my victory. Then they walk three steps and go, man, what is there, man? We've got nothing out here to die. Now, before we criticize, how many have ever gone from here to the door, from the altar to the door, Get to your car and lost your joy. How many ever had that happen? We're like people in the wilderness. But does God look at you any less? No. Well, what's this? I, I, you need to see this because this is so awesome. They came into this land. God wanted to see what was in them. Now watch. Send us back to Egypt. I like that. Send us back to Egypt, Lord. They failed every test. They said they, say they failed the test. Because, see, in, in Exodus, I'm going to read this 19.4. It 
He says, you saw what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. And now if you carefully obey me and keep my covenant, you are to be my special possession out of all the people in the earth and the whole earth belongs to me. You are to be a kingdom of priests and holy nation to me. These are the words you are to declare to the Israelis. Then Moses came, he summoned the elders and told the people everything that the Lord had commanded. And you know what the people said? We'll do it! Now watch this. He was going to make them, the world was his, and he was going to set them up as kings and priests unto God. What were they there to be? To represent God to the people. Isn't that amazing what God wanted? And here's what we find in Peter. You, now it's not so much that you keep the covenant. Now it's you have been made a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You already are. That you might declare what? The praises of God. How do you declare the praises of God? You live who you are. Now watch. While they were here, I want to show you grace that's so neat. God didn't get so angry at the people that he put them in the sea to drown. God didn't get so angry that he sent them back to Egypt. But he did let them go in circles. In the land of opportunity. Now watch this. Everyone say he didn't kill them. You know, what happened is he let their carcasses die in the desert. He let them live out their life. Say he let them live out their life. He said he was a fire. Now watch this. Say this with me. He was the fire by night. He was the cloud by day. He didn't let their shoes wear out. He didn't let their clothes wear out. And he fed them manna. And he gave them their water. And provided shelter for him. His mercy and grace was alive, even though they did not go into the place that they were supposed to go into. Now, I want you to see this. This is why I told you last week when I ended this service. Moses did not fail and let 1,998 people go to hell. Because you hear preachers talk, and only two got saved. Joshua and Caleb. Nope. Nor did he let them stay static because there's no such thing as static Christians. Because either you move in to where you're supposed to be or you move away from where you're supposed to be and just live in circles. <laughs> Nothing changes. Everyone say the Old Testament, the Old Testament. was written as examples. Now, Paul said that, not me. Watch. So, if you don't move into what you're supposed to move into, you'll live in the wilderness where your needs are met, but you'll never get into your promised land. And God will let you. Because your faith will take you into your promised land. But God will let you go day in and day out in that place that needs cultivation, in that place where you need growth. He'll let you. Don't say, God, take this away from me. He already said, because the New Testament, he already did. Remember what we talked about? God, send your love. He already did. His name was Jesus. And when you came to Jesus, 
The Bible says that he gave you all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things that provide that, that pertain to life and godliness. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says what? That he has given you every spiritual gift. Didn't he say that he already gave it to you? He already did. He said, by his stripes ye were what? Healed. That doesn't mean born again. Because you need resurrection to come to become born again. Because you come from death unto life. How many understand that? Healing, see, death to life means resurrection. Healing means restoration. Wow. Okay, are you with me? Yes. And so a lot of people trip. Oh, that just means that you get saved. No, it doesn't. Because you come from death into life, from darkness into light. And you're translated into these places. In other words, you were dead and you're not part of another kingdom. Isn't that amazing? Isn't this good that God even then had grace? We want to go back to Egypt. Just a lot of people turn around and say, oh, I'm just going back to the world. No, you don't. You never leave his estate. You're always in his estate. You're always in his estate. And he'll let you get defeated. He'll let you stay oppressed. He'll let you stay, and you'll get to heaven. Because his covenant and his word, he does not take back. Now, if you get so bitter that you close him out, and you totally sin against the Holy Ghost, you lose that salvation. I'm not trying to get into all the particulars, because there are places where you can be totally lost. But as far as a believer who goes to church and never advances in their life, I've met people who have been in church 20-some-odd years. And they're the same as they were when they first came to Jesus. No change. They love God with all their heart, but they're in tradition. And they're in this place where nothing happens. Listen, I like video games to watch certain video games, and I like to see what my kids do with the video games. They're just amazing things that happen. And in this, these journeys, they find little medicine packs, and they pick up a medicine pack and all of a sudden, their life comes back, and they get all this stuff that they lost. Where they, you know, if they get shot one more time, they're totally dead. And, and they get these medicine packs. And you know what God provides on His road? He provides opportunities for you to get refilled, to get rejuvenated. Now, what's this? If I'm believing God, what's this? Can I tell you something? What if I'm believing God for a new meniscus? And I'm just trucking along, and I happen to meet a neurosurgeon and a surgeon, orthopedic surgeon, who. Happens to say, you know what, David, you're a perfect candidate for this. And then I just sense in my spirit that God is saying, let him cut your knee open and put one of these in. Guess what I found? A medicine pack that's got me healed. Are you with me? See, we can't be like that guy that says, send me, you know, where God, they they, they were in the middle of the ocean, and and they called out to God, and the helicopter came, left the ladder down, said, no, 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 God's getting me up. They had to pull the ladder up, and the the guy's crazy. And then they, uh, a ship comes by, and you've heard the story. A ship comes by and says, come on, these little life things. said, no, no, God's going to save me. And the ocean liner goes, and, and, and pretty soon a plane comes out of the sky and just lands right there and says, come on, get in there. Come on. They said, nope, God's rescuing me. And in the process of time, the guy drowns. Shows up at the gate, and, and Peter goes, what happened? And the guy goes, I'm going to ask you what happened. And Peter goes, my father sent you a helicopter. He sent you a plane and a boat. And you're here at these gates. Now, can I tell you something? When we're walking with God, now, can I tell you, if someone comes, and sometimes you hear no in your spirit, you've got to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, and it's no. Are you listening? Remember the king of Sodom wanted to bless Abraham. Abraham said no, because then it said that you made me rich. But you've got to hear what God is saying to you at that moment. You understand? So if I find a medicine pack and it says, wow, God sent this, you know, if I find a million dollars on the floor, 
And God says, keep it, it's yours. I'm not going to go give it to the cops. Hold this for 30 days to see. Can, but if God tells me that's yours, I sent some ravens and that's where it's at. I said, it's all the word I need. Yeah. Pastor, are you going to report it to the IRS? No. God said it's mine. No, I'm, I'm playing. You, know, I'm just, you, guys, you guys can entertain that all you want. I'm playing. You know, I'm playing pretend right here. But do you understand what I'm saying? Um, you, you can do what your conscience allows you to do, and I'll do what my conscience allows me to do. Amen? Now watch this. And I'm talking cash, okay? No one has to know. I'm playing. Do you, do you understand? I'm going to leave all that up to you. But do you understand? My, my backyard's going to have holes with markers. No, I'm kidding. Go watch. I'm playing. Go watch. And, and so, Pastor, you're talking over top shoe. You know what? The, the, they probably already heard it since it's going on top shoe. But anyway, we're not a sleeper cell. We just want to expand the kingdom of, of God. But anyway, watch. So anyway, God will let you stay here. But there were two men who looked beyond, and that was Jacob. It was, excuse me, Caleb and Joshua. And they saw beyond. They saw the promised land for what it was. Can I tell you something? God will always give you something that appears impossible. Think about the call that's on your life and the dreams that God has shown you. And you then you look at your life today and you think, how am I ever going to get there? Have you ever thought about that? You're going to be all over the world. Really? I'm in a room with 25 people. How am I going around the world, Lord? I'm just looking in the natural. Do you understand what I'm saying? And half of them are kids. Lord, I have people tell me, David, how do you live? Half your congregation is kids. Where's your tithe base? I said, there's two rows right there. No, I'm kidding. But do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> As a God supplies all our needs. I said, there's millionaires out there. They're still ready to grow. <laughs> but let's go to Luke 17.1. Oh, there is a clock up there. Okay, we're almost finished. The word revolution. See, everyone says, we need reformation. We need renovation. We need renewal. Watch this. But it all begins with a revolution. Nothing is going to remain static in the way it was. The way you had church 10 years ago is not going to look like what you, church you're having today. What you, had, the church, what you looked at church five years ago isn't what it looks like today. God is cultivating us to go higher. Say higher. Now watch this. Revolution means a fundamental change in the way of thinking, about visualizing something, a change, a paradigm. It comes from the Latin word revolutus, revolverte, to turn over, a sudden momentous change in a situation. That's what the church needs before it comes into revival. You can have it like that. Now, I have a bunch of those. So it's, it's introducing us to the ministry. Now, watch this. 17, Luke 17, 1 through 10. Oh, there it is. You know, I'm looking for a physical Bible sometimes, and I'm just not. Jesus said to his disciples, stumbling blocks are sure to come. What's sure to come? Who said this? Jesus did. I know you're all reading, but watch this. 
It would be better for him to have a millstone tied around his neck and be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble, one of these little ones to sin. Now watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Now watch. Listen, listen to this. This is Jesus under the old covenant. Because right now, if your brother sins against him, it's forgive him. Some of us like the rebuking part. I remember one time when people, Pam got rebuked. I rebuke you. <laughs> one of the pastors, because she was saying, she was saying something at the time that she didn't agree with. Remember when Jason rebuked you? Oh, you rebuked him. She rebuked him. <laughs> and then uh, we, had, we had another brother who rebuked the father in prayer one time, and that was a different experience. <laughs> he didn't mean to, but he he, he was very repentant. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> and so, but rebuke him. Now watch this. Now watch. He says, forgive him. Even if he sins against you seven times a day, seven times returns and says, I repent, you must forgive him. Now, everyone say that was the here and now. Everyone say that was the here and now. See, that wasn't one of those things that Jesus said, you've heard it this way. This is how you were supposed to act in those days. How many know that if they did something illegal and you took their land, how many know that in the Jubilee you gave them back their land? Look at me. How many know you gave them back their land? So watch this. Everybody look at somebody and say, quit saying it's mine. Okay, so anyway. The apostle said to the Lord, dude, increase our faith. Right? Someone slaps you seven times. How many times you forgive them? Seven times. <laughs> no, I'm not talking like that, man. No, watch this. You'd have to forgive George seven times, no, brother. No, watch this. That's what I said. He slaps you seven times. So the Lord replied, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this black mulberry tree or this sycamine tree, be pulled out by the roots and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now what? I want to get everyone to say context. Would any one of you say to your slave who comes in after plowing a field and shepherding sheep, come at once and sit down for a meal? Won't the master say to him instead, Get my dinner ready. Make yourself ready. And serve me while I eat and drink. And then you'll say, then you may eat and drink. He won't thank the slave because he did what he's told, will he? So you too, when you've done everything that you were commanded to do, should say, we are slaves undeserving of special praise. We have only done what was our duty. Say, done what was our duty. Now, what was the object of this scripture? Faith. And duty. Say faith and duty. In other words, watch this. I want to give you, and then I'll explain it. Jesus, in serving God, in fulfilling his mission, was telling you that I'm obedient to the Father. And what I run into, watch this, there will be stumbling blocks. Now, he was speaking about those religious leaders who would come to trip up a little one and cause them to sin. Now, the context there, to cause them to sin, is to get them further away from God the way the Pharisees and Sadducees were keeping people further away from God by creating traditions and laws that kept them further from God. 
They gave him more hoops to go through rather than bringing him into the Lord. So that was the context there. But Jesus came to fulfill a mission, was to reveal the Father. And he said, there's stumbling blocks that are coming. If someone comes to you, what's this? And causes you to stumble seven times. How many times am I going to forgive them? Seven times. And even 70 times seven. The apostles who were now disciples learning from Jesus, he says, I got to do what you do? Dang! Fix my face. See, I'm bringing it back into today's language. How many understand that you're going through that, and in this world I'm going to go through that? Fix me. Because you know what? I'd kill him. Because he, he had some rough and tough guys. He, these were not like mamby-tamby sissies that were following Jesus. What's this? Can I, get, can I give you a side, a side road right now? Because you know what? A lot of Christians like to sing the I'm tired blues. I'm tired. I just can't do it. I can't tell you, man, if your job keeps you away from the Word, your job is your idol. Well, I can't, you know. You know I, I wish I could get in the Word, but you know, I work so many hours. Dude, you're talking, I was playing with Manny the other day. He's telling me the hours he's working. I said, mijo, 16, double shift. And you know what? There's always, and it wasn't he was talking about the word. We were just talking about hours. I said, you can do it. Because it gets hard. You know, he does labor work. He's not just sitting at pa- pushing paper. And, and, you know, they have these 12-hour days. Those are, those are heavy. Those are hard days. I don't know, work UPS, moving boxes, and, and you know what? After eight hours, you're spent. Add four hours to that, it's crazy. But what's this? Now listen, listen, listen. The Buddha does the same stuff. It's taxing. What's Peter? I don't say Peter. Peter's fishing, and he was fishing all night, say all night. He was feeding, he was folding the net. How do you say nets in Spanish? Net. And he was, he was holding the nets. I forgot the word. I was listening to Spanish speaker. He brought something so good. And, and, and so I'm so glad I'm bilingual because I get to hear the different cultures. But what? Yeah, redes. And, and he was bringing in the redes and he started folding them and putting them away. Now, if he put in a, he said he was fishing how long? Everyone say all night. He's fishing all night. Jesus said, hey, boys, catch any fish? Here's a peg no. Folding up the nets. He says, hey, why don't you go do some OT? Unfold those nets and get back out on the boat. Now, put some flesh and blood on that. You just got through fulfilling your shift. You're getting ready to go home. You already did half of your two-hour commute. And Jesus just shows up in your car, says, next thing, and says, hey, why don't you turn back? That's some more work for you to do. Go back and lock your office. Go back and, go back and, and, and you know, go back to that warehouse. Go, go back to the farm. And, and let's... let's Let's go out there and toil a little bit more, because that's what they had to do. Jesus, you're crazy. How do you put a full shift? Peter didn't get the, the, the ones that he folded. He got the crummy ones that were already there, and he said, all right, let's go. Why? Because he did what we all do. I don't want to say, how many here have ever given God, that's a cool way of saying it, halfway work? How many of you really halfway work? That's what that's what Peter did. He halfway did stuff. And went out with those things. And as soon as he put them down, they started getting full and they started tearing. 
What do we learn from that? We've always got time to listen to the Lord the right way. He knows that you put in a full shift, but he still wants time with you because he wants to bless you. Faith without works is dead. So they say, Jesus, go ahead of me. I'll trust you. You keep driving home. That don't work that way, does it? What do they have to do to get into the promised land? Take down some giants. Take over the land. Yeah, but he promised me wealth transfer. That's right. You got to get in and take the land that wasn't yours so that you can get buildings that you didn't build, so that you can get a harvest that you didn't toil for. You still got to get in there and take down those giants. Amen, Pastor David. How come you all not get standing up on your feet and giving a Pentecostal hustle, just shuffle, and just come on? You know what I'm telling you is true. It was too hard to get into the promised land, so they would rather go in circles and say, this is the will of God for me. The sycamine tree, watch this. This is so awesome. This is what your faith can do. When you're born again, you were pulled out of Egypt. Watch this. You came across the sea, and you were planted in a place that you didn't have to do anything. And God wanted you to go take root in the promised land. The sycamine tree, to be uprooted, this a sycamine tree that he's talking about is only in, available in the lower areas of the Galilee because the soil is bright so that it can go deep. And then some of the roots, they say, that are as thick as the branches, but the branches are low and go wide. And the roots go just as wide. How many of you know that when you're pulled out of the world, you've got roots? That's why they could not get Egypt out of the people's heart. That's what God wanted to do. We have ways that are not faith. And this is why I like what Bill Johnson said because he was preaching my language today. Because he said, watch this. He said there are many believers who live like atheists today. They say they believe God, but always fall into the world's way of getting things done in their life. They believe in an impossible God. But their actions are the same actions as those of an atheist. I'll just see that one there. But the sycamine tree, he said, now watch this, the sycamine tree represents your life and your system. Because the sycamine tree, because the branches go so wide, provides livelihood for many types of species of animals and fruit that is so abundant. It's kind of got a, a goldish tint, and it starts to turn a little bit, it has purple stripes that go through it, and it is some sought-after fruit that is rare because of the area that it grows in is not abundant. But you can tell that tree to get up. Now watch this. Look at your talents and your abilities. And then plant itself into the sea. Now how many know that in the sea, with all this saltiness, how many know that nothing grows down there? I mean, trees that grow up above land do not grow underneath. And it's just to plant. It means to take root and expand in an uncultivated place and bear fruit. Guess what God did with you? He pulled you up out of the world and planted you in an uncultivated area that was not the kingdom of God and told you to take root and let your roots spread 
and then let your branches spread and become in this world a fruitful vineyard unto the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Nothing is impossible with God. And you can, and watch this. While doing this and going through the trouble, your faith doesn't have to be praised. Because faith is just doing its duty. Your faith is your servant. Your faith, it, see, just as you, it is impossible to please God without what? You are a faith man, a faith woman. Your faith takes root in this place. Your faith is what sustains you in his word. Because see, a promise not acted upon is still just a seed that's dormant. Did you know that the seeds of the word of God take effect and begin to bear fruit as you act upon them, as you water them, as you... Can I tell you, sir, confession without action is dead faith. Because your faith is not... Your faith confession is not an incantation. It's a declaration of what will be. Are you with me? So if you confess and don't do, it's an incantation. The word won't do anything because the word, as I speak it, is paved as I walk. I don't care if you get two steps. It's more pavement that you had that we started. See, faith without works is death. See, can I tell you something? I am not static. Faith is always moving forward. Faith doesn't. Faith has a forward direction, and fear has a backward direction. It's either faith or fear, and it will keep you in circle. Grace, remember the image of grace. Father, bam, grace and mercy are in his arms, and as they wrap. And I say, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. This is too big. This is too big, God. Can I tell you something? What he's at? We are not here to have church to have church. We're here to have church and then invade the outside for the kingdom of God. If you're not doing anything outside, then you're just going in circles because church is just a place where we revolve and reveal the glory. But you know why you get words of prophecy? So you can get out there and do what God has asked you to do. I'm just one person. You and God are a majority. You and God are a majority. What can stop you? What's impossible for you? Nothing. Now, you might have to get the word in you to believe it. How many know sometimes, how many know that even in just, when the Holy Spirit nudges you, you say, we're talking about Jesus. How many know that in some of us are still going, what? How do I start? Say hi. Would you like to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? I don't recommend that. Just, just start to speak. If that's your entry, then do it. You know, but how do you start revival in your high school? You have to be excited first. You're not excited about God. You know, I can't help you right now. You have to get with the Lord. Can I tell you something? How many have anchor scriptures for your life? I don't have time. Then you are living in idolatry because something else has your heart. Because you know the difficult areas in your life have to have an anchor scripture to get you anchored into the Word so that you can produce fruit. But if you're not anchored into the Word, you're doing it by yourself. And if you're doing it by yourself, God's not involved with you. See, you're walking in circles. And you're doing it under your own power. You say, God, help me. He said, I gave you my word. Which word are you using? I don't have one. You know what? 
I, I used to hate this, but it was so true. My parents and other, other people, they shipped with me Momo. <laughs> and they would wait there with me Momo. I sell them any of pizza. No, I'm kidding, but you know what? Do it. You get people mad. You understand? There's just this. God has given us tools and equipping for all the things. And what we do is we play games. How many times have you been in, Can I tell you something? You know what? If I were to pull out just, just point someone and say, you know what? Based on the word that you were in this week, come up here and share with us what the word that you got into this week did for us. Some of you, I'm just, you're in the front row. Some of you going, I, 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 how about the one I got into a month ago? You, you follow what I'm saying? That's how least we're in a word. If I were to turn around and say, Mia, come up here. All that word you put in your last week because your daily devotions, come and share what God showed you in the daily devotions. Well, I was daily devoted to my homework. Like I got no time to do anything else. Yes, you do. You got, if you don't give God, don't, when you come home don't, and you don't have no time in the word, get in the word first and then do your homework. What would happen? Your homework would be a lot smoother. No, well, I get an hour. That's an hour less than my homework. No, but see, God calls all things to stick to you. But you don't. But you have more faith in your ability to fail without homework than you do in God helping you do this stuff. And I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just using you as an example. See, because so many times we put homework here and God's down here. Why? Because ah, God doesn't live my life. Well, you know, it's true. People get crazy about their jobs. My job has to come first right now. It's a different season in my life. Really? A season without God first? Okay. I, uh, you know, I listen. I hear you. So when you're in a season without God being first, okay, yeah, but God's first in my heart. Don't play with me. Don't play games. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't play games with me. See, people, I'm not one of these pastors that never had to work outside. I worked outside. And I work jobs, manager jobs, they took everything that I was. Everything. And I had to put God first. So don't give me any, don't give me this line. Well, you know, I've got to have sleep. So what? Sleep. Let, you know what? Let three hours with God causing you to sleep refresh you. Quit putting so much. Can I tell you, sometimes we put all our eggs into what we think makes our life work. Ask God what makes your life work. Do you hear me? Ask God what you need in your life to make it work. Don't just make arbitrary decisions on yourself, by, on your own. Put him first in everything. See, I, I'm not, I mean, can I tell you something? We're going we're gonna to take the land. I need Joshua's and Caleb's. I don't just need laborers. I need Joshua's and Caleb's, people who are going to be on the edge, the cutting edge of what God is doing. This is why you're getting this kind of work. Because, see, these people didn't lose their salvation, but they lost their first estate with God. They, learned, they lost their primary will of God in their life. You have been saved, and you've been given a purpose to establish the kingdom of God in this place around you. The world can keep its pimples on the butt of the world. Well, we're movers and shakers because, can I tell you something? Because those are just static things that don't move. They are easily removed. We're here to lend significance to this world and bring people to saving knowledge and to be a, can I tell you something, a prevailing culture in this world. Because that's what we're to do, is establish a culture in this world. 
what is the culture of the kingdom in your neighborhood today? What is the prevailing culture in your place today? Is it God's kingdom or is it the kingdoms of this world? Together, we can do something. Because you think, man, around my neighborhood, I'm just one person. That's right. But together, we can change the prevailing culture and make it a culture of God. Can I tell you something? We can become a safe haven for people out in that world. We can become the city on the hill. Are you with me? See, this is why he's received you so much, that now grace has enabled you to do everything that God has told us to do. We no longer have sin holding us back. What if I'm an addict? Did you see what I did with, 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 with the, the ex-alcoholic as he passed by? They were no longer calling him because he was addicted to, what's this? I like what it says, the house of Stephanus was addicted to the service of the saints. And you'll find that in the book of Acts. And God said that was a good thing. I remember Pastor who named his actual ministry, Philip Whitwell, the house of Stephanus. Precious man of God. Fully respect this guy. Never stopped doing God's will until he went home. And so, you know what? There in heaven, he's still fulfilling the will of God. Amen. How many got something out of this today? Amen. God is able to do abundantly above all we ask to think. Amen. See? Oh, my goodness. There's just so much. I got to stop. God has called us to establish. Can I tell you something? I'm excited about this wedding that's coming up, not because it's my son, and, and, and just, just, not just because it's my son and, and, and Juliana uh, getting married. The devils are fearing this union because of what God is about to do. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You know what? I'll tell you something else. This is you may not understand this completely, but Zeke and, and Margaret getting married was a pivotal change in the kingdom of God because of what they represent in the kingdom. And that's why the enemy is trying hard to keep them from being all that they're called to be because they're a, 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 a viable force in these last days against the, against the kingdom you know, the, of the enemy. God is doing some great and mighty things. And I'm not saying that any of the other unions in this place were, were just not doing anything. Can I tell you something? There are people that are attached to you that are going through changes because if the devil can't get to you, he's going to try to get to other family members. We need to take a stand against those things because it's not just an accident. Because the enemy will do whatever he can to stop you from being in the place that he's called you to be in because we're called to affect this world in a way that no other ministry has in our area. He's doing first with us. And I'm saying this not because, oh, Pastor, you're doing this. No, he's told me several times. We're going to do things that are so different. And it's not that... We're the only ones. It's just that there's not many. How many know that God always, whenever he's going to do something new, he calls a remnant? And so when he calls a remnant, there's not many. And I've met some pastors that are hungry for the same things we're hungry about, but they're spread out all over the place. There's pastors that are so hungry for this, they hear of what's going on in California. There's pastors in Louisiana and Texas that, that are hungry that are talking about saying, man, we want to do something and change things for this world. Imagine being that hungry that you can't find someone to align yourself with up in your own state. 
Mm, that's something, huh? We're a part of something big. Amen. Anybody have something before we dismiss? Yes, ma'am. I just have a crazy question. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know if you're going to be talking Amen. That is, you know what, that is, that is a definite praise report because God brings situations and people and animals into our lives. And you cannot separate that from what God is doing because he fills, he fills void. There's, and you know what, there's um, people who don't know, just don't know, but dogs have a sense. And they, they said that, dog, that you don't choose a dog. Dogs choose you. Animals choose you. And it's a, it's a very true statement. And so, yeah, praise the Lord. And, and see, people don't understand. Sometimes animals, people who have animals, have lower blood pressure. They have less sickness and disease. There's just a whole lot of different things that come along with that. But, you know, I, I receive that praise report. I understand it completely. And so, 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, ma'am. should go out and get a dog. I mean, you understand, but it, well, people who people who who have them and love them, then that's just it's just something that's a part of their life. <laughs> and so, you know what? Um, what was it that used to bless the animals? Was it to bless the animals? Was it bless the animals, Sam? Saint Francis? Yeah, Saint Francis. St. Francis the Assisi. And people, people are called to, to do certain things, and they are. The, the Bible gives us to be caretakers of this earth, and animals are a part of it. And not every, just like not everybody's a preacher, not everybody's called to be caretakers of animals. Well, praise the Lord. Do you understand? So I'm not trying to say anything else. But watch this. That's what. There are some ailments in the bo- in bodies represented here right now that just let the Holy Spirit come in, and he's here, but just let the Spirit come in to where you're at right now and just receive healing. You know what? Your strength and your immune system have been under attack, and you're easily fatigued, and the enemy uses that to bring sickness and disease into your body. And in Jesus' name, we command sickness to bow in the name of Jesus. We say dis-ease, bow to the name of Jesus. For the name of Jesus is above every name that is named. You spirit of infirmity, go! You have no place here. Holy Spirit, come and fill. For it is the children's bread, and we receive healing right now. We receive healing and strength in our bodies, even right now, in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name. No, I don't care what you've been through. Healing is yours right now. Cold weather doesn't give you, he- give you sickness. The, the devil does. Germs do. Right now, we take authority over those things. And right now, the, the anointing is present for you to be healed and to be strengthened in your inner body. Be strengthened. You, don't need, you know what? Someone said you need a, 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 an appointment with an endocrinologist. God said right now, no. He's taking care of that right now in Jesus' name. You can keep that appointment and they'll verify that there isn't anything wrong. You are healed in Jesus' name. Some of you in here have been told that you have an invader in your body. That invader dies now in Jesus' name. Receive strength. Matter of fact, you're receiving strength. You know what? It's, in the, it's in the, from the waist up. It's, it's from the waist up. And right now, the warmth of the Holy Ghost is coming in, and it's destroying that invader in Jesus' name. It can't live. The anointing is just drying it up, and it's leaving you now in Jesus' name. There's strength coming to your body. There's strength coming to your body right now in Jesus' name. Some of you have been having asthmatic, asthma symptoms. You, it's clearing up right now. All that, all, that, all that mucus is just withering. It's leaving and it's being dissipated in your body. And take a deep breath and let it out. For healing is yours in Jesus' name. Nagging cough. That thing's gone in Jesus' name. Don't look for it. Just don't cough because you've been healed in Jesus' name. 
Glory to God. Joint pain goes right now in Jesus' name. Joint pain goes right now in Jesus' name. Don't look for it. It's gone. See, when you walk, just walk. Don't look for it. People start looking for it. It'll come back if you call it. You know what? It's like, don't look for it. It's gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, just receive your healing. Receive your healing. Right now, your neck. Someone's been really sore in the neck. Just move your head around. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Amen. Glory to God. You know what? You're free. You're free. Someone had a shoulder that's just been stiff. Raise your hand like you, like you couldn't do it before. Just move your hand and just do it. Don't look for the pain as you're moving your hand. Just lift your hand and you'll notice that the pain is gone. It, 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 it's just leaving right now. Amen. Is it gone? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Yes. Put your hand up right now. He's going to melt those kidney stones. Lift up your hand before God. Let's put your hands up before Jesus. Close your eyes right now. Jesus, thank you for bringing healing right now. We command kidney stones to dissipate and break up and just... Just liquefy. Leave his body right now in Jesus' name. And I, even, even the, the gallbladder. Be free of stones in Jesus' name. Be free in the name of Jesus, Raymond. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. May this never bother you again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, don't let fear in. See, some of you here received the reports of the invaders just dying in your body. Don't fear. Just receive. You know what? If you don't receive the healing right now, see, you have to receive it. You can't just say, oh, okay, I believe it. No, receive it. And just say to yourself, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's prepare to receive. Yes, ma'am. Amen. That was it. Well, we received healing on his behalf. Received. You know, Father, we thank you that, his, that your power flows through Zeke right now, through his body, from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. We say to infections, we say to imbalance, be gone, and his body come into balance and into alignment with the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, Zeke, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Yes. Yes. right here. We're going to stand first. Which Rose? Rose Irene. Irene is the first one that's pregnant? And Christine. Okay. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, put your hand over right here. You're standing in proxy. Put your hands up, Linda, before the Lord. 
In the name of Jesus, we speak to the child within you, Irene. In the name of Jesus, that that heart would develop normally. We command the hole in the heart to be healed. Restorative miracle occur within you, Irene, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Baby, receive right now. Healing right now. Enter in right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost. And repair and restore this child's life in Jesus' name. We call, her, we call this child well. We call this child well. And Irene, receive strength to your body in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Power for us. In the name of Jesus. And what's your aunt's name? Christine. Christine, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as Linda stands in an intercessory role, we command cancer to die and wither in the body in the name of Jesus. We speak an alignment of the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of earth in your body. The will of heaven be done in your body right now, and cancer has to leave. Cancer, there's no room for you. Go. Dissipate. Leave in Jesus' name. No. No weapon formed against you, Christine, will prosper. In the name of Jesus, power of God flow through you, Christine. Flow through you, Christine. And we drive cancer far from you. This oppressive disease, be God. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Do you have anything else? Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what? I'm telling you. God is intended. Can I tell you something? As far as God is concerned in his time clock, we're in our new place. And what God has been wanting to do while we're in our new place is, is happening in our midst now. The glory is, is increasing. See, God is moved by his time. It's not the location. Amen? And so you call people and tell them, you know what? Don't be deceived. You need to be where God has you. In Jesus' name. Let's prepare to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. Father, I pray. Some of you here that give offerings and, and tithes, and, and as you release what God has, you release. Begin to just believe Him and trust Him for those things that you need in your life. There's some people that have immediate things, but you know what? You're not giving out of need, but in this time the Holy Spirit is leading and He's saying, there's some needs that are going to be met. There's some wants that are going to be fulfilled as you release in faith what God has you release in Jesus' name. See, sometimes God has you name a seed and you name the seed and you know what? You cultivate it with your words. Thank you, Father, that as I sow, I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you receive, you thank him for it every day. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, thank you for fulfillment of the word in him. Energy, 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 energy. Yes, sir, I'll, I'll let them know. Yes, sir, thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mark, become proficient in the music that God has brought you into because, see, the things that you're doing in music aren't just for you, and it's not just to get a grade. That God is doing some things in the music 
So begin to spend extra time in the music. Don't, let, don't sacrifice that by letting other stuff go. But in your addition to the things that you do, allow the gift to be developed in your life. Because you're not just going to stop with two instruments. I see four instruments that, that you'll be proficient in. Because God is about to use you in some arenas. And see, sometimes you... See, you're looking for that place in Christ where you can kind of root and he'll use you. And, and am I telling you the truth? And that's an area because your music will have a prophetic edge to it. So develop in that. And sometimes just pray in the spirit as you're playing. And, 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 and sometimes if you need to, begin to record the stuff you do on your phone, just between you and God. And just let him develop you. And de- you see, the love for what you do is developed. It just doesn't happen. So it may seem like you have to right now, but after a while you just pick it up because you love it. See, and that's going to be one of the expressions because, see, you're not a guy that likes to go out and say, hey, hey, world, but you like to be subtle. And you almost like to be the, you almost, if you can win a war by being a submarine, that's what you would do to win wars. Am I telling you the truth? Amen. So that's what your music will do. Amen. And, and if what I'm telling you is true, then say, God, I receive it. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. Powerhouse. The powerhouse. Yes. Yeah. We will. Father, we pray, Lord, for our East Coast brethren, Lord, from the Midwest to the East Coast. We say in the name of Jesus, foul weather, you cease in Jesus' name. And, Father, I even pray that the melting of the ice, Father, would be at such a degree that it would not flood and create more disasters in the area. Father, enter into this situation, Father, and bring about a resolution that will not bring harm to those, Lord, in, in, in that part of the country. Father, those believers who are there, Father, Holy Spirit, lead them in their prayers and lead them, Father, to lead the believers, Lord, that need to come into right alignment with you as well. In Jesus' name. Fill the mouth of the avenger in that area. In Jesus' name. Praise fills the mouth of the avenger. Fill the mouth of the avenger in Jesus' name. And Father, speak and move among our congressmen, Lord, to quit bad-mouthing Israel. Father, mute them in Jesus' name. And Father, as, 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 as Netanyahu comes into our, to speak to the Congress, Father, may they have the attention, Lord, of even those who want to turn their heads away, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Regardless of what your political position is, God has made declarations about his people. And the Bible says that as a king who issues forth a decree, he does not take it back. So, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Xavier, bless the offering, please.
Amen. Glory to God. We will be back again next Sunday here if if, uh, if I don't get a call from the other people. And uh, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, many people, it's easier for 5 o'clock. So a lot of people get here at 5 and 4 just became a little crazy. So we'll be doing 5 o'clock. And um, me, I like 4 because it got me out and about while it was still daylight, which is okay. Uh, but you know what? I'm sold out to what God has me doing. So, you know, praise the Lord. If God tells me to start at 8, then I'll start at 8. But do you understand what I'm saying? So call, talk to Pam, talk to me, talk to George and Norma, and let them know about the time. And uh, because we're also looking at times that we'll be starting at um, the location in Glendora. So church, maybe, yes, ma'am.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.